Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. My name is Chris, and um, Pastor Scott and and Faith are actually, um, well, Faith is going to give birth to her fourth tonight. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, So he asked me to fill in. Um, so we, we do have exits on either side of the building if you want to exit quickly. All right. Hopefully it won't be that bad. Um, but Pastor Scott asked me to fill in for him today, and, and um, I'm just honored. I'm honored to do that um, whenever I'm given the opportunity to speak. Uh, I, I do want to take it seriously. But uh, one thing that I do is I, I once heard from uh, Pastor Robert Madu. He's going to be coming to the conference. But uh, he, once, he once really sp- convicted me and said, you know, you need to always – Speak from your weakness. Preach from your weakness. And uh, what I'm gonna, what I felt like to share with you tonight is definitely something that that I still struggle with. Um, but little by little, um, I can, I can, um, th- I, I'd say I'm getting better. I'm getting better. And uh, again, we're we're all works in progress. So um, if if I could, I'd have like a mirror up here where I could just preach to myself. So if nobody else in here uh, gets it tonight, I'll get it tonight. All right. Uh, but the title of this message is In God We Trust. In God We Trust. And I'm a history teacher, so I'll give you some history lessons. Uh, but I, I think that background's pretty cool. And um, we, we say these words so flippantly. And, and we also say the words, you know, trust God. Trust God. Instead of taking the time to pray for people, we just kind of look at them with the wink. It's kind of like a catchphrase. Trust God. Trust God. He's got everything. And when, when I really started looking at this, I, I, you know, I'm 32 years old. There's, there's times that were great in my life. There's times that were not so great in my life. But all those times that were happening, I was in a state of worry. I was in a state of anxiety. Um, I was in a state of trying to, I, when I was in high school, I was a master at, at working things out my way and finagling things my way to where uh, Monday through Friday, I, I, I would be doing my own thing, and then Friday night would come along, got to be good for youth group, and then obviously Sunday for church, and then I'd go right, I'd, I'd always finagle things. Um, so I was used to getting out of trouble by myself. Um, but, but with this, um, I don't think even in my high school years, even going to college, even at Liberty University, I don't think that I've ever fully trusted God. And again, those two words, trust God, trust God. They're two syllables, two words, very short, uh, but they mean a world of difference in the kingdom of God. Um, they're sometimes hard to come by, yet profound truth. Um, in a world full, full of anxiety, pain, uh, heartbreaks, um, disappointments, these two words will always remain as an anchor of hope. Trust God. So when, when everything's going around, I mean, we could take the coronavirus just because it's happening. But anything that is going on in your life, you have trust God as an anchor. You know, I, t- I, t- I told you I'm a history teacher, and, and some of the kids say, they're like, Mr. White, you know, what, what would you be if you weren't a history teacher? And, and I say, in my, this is in my head, okay? I'd be a Navy SEAL. I'd absolutely be a Navy SEAL. They're like, wow, really? I'm like, yeah, I'm mentally tough. 
And and meanwhile, in my head, it's like the first time I get captured, I'm like, okay, take out a pen and pet. Th- these are the names of the guys that I'm with. You know, I, I would be the first one to rat out my guys that are with me, okay? I, I am not mentally tough. And, and, and even when life throws curveballs at you, life throws situations at you, life throws unforeseen circumstances at you, the first thing, and, and again, this is for me, the first thing my brain starts to do is worry. And I, and I know it. I know it. It's almost like my body gets ready. It's like, okay, you're going to go into a state of worry. Then, then your body's going to tell you that, that it's time to start worrying. Then your mind's going to say, hey, you're worrying. You need to stop it. Then your mind's going to say, why don't you try to figure things out instead of worrying? And, and my brain's not saying, trust God. See, there's phases. I, I know myself. There's phases to this. So I might be speaking to some of you tonight. I might be speaking to myself. But I think, I think all of us in this room, at some point or another, it, it find it difficult or have found it difficult to trust God. Um, some of us are, are worrying about a job. Some of us are worrying about school. Some of us are worrying about finances. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and, and he was talking about, you know, the, the uses of money. And, and it's always like we're looking for money. I'll, I'll never have enough money. I'll never have enough money. And, and the guy just yells out, you know what the truth is? You're never going to have enough money. Because that, that one time when you do get enough money is that one time that you finally feel that you are independent from God. So even the richest guy doesn't even have enough money if he doesn't know the Lord. So whether it's material things, tangible things, I mean, in the, it, truly speaking, we really have nothing in this world except the promises of God. We, 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 can't, take, we can't, can't take cars with us. We can't take money. We can't take housing. We can't take doctorate degrees. And those are all good things. I, I'm, not, I'm not discrediting that. But, but when the rubber hits the road, when, when, when you get uh, foreclosure notices on your house, when, when the bank account is in the negative, when, when, when people are sick, you have the promises of God. And that's what we need to rely on. Trust God. We're not exempt from worry because it's part of the flesh. But in order to get through it, we have to learn from God's test that, that, that he is presenting to us at the moment. So tonight I want to give you four points that, um, that have helped me in my walk, uh, scriptures that have helped me in my walk, a couple of stories that have helped me uh, in my walk. So the first point I want to give you is we need to trust God more than trusting in tomorrow. We need to trust God more than trusting in tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's not promised. I think you and I both know that. We've, we've had family members that have passed away. We've had uh, pets that have passed away. Um, obviously, when we think about tomorrow, there are so many things that could happen in a matter of 24 hours. We really don't know what tomorrow is going to bring or what tomorrow is going to promise. And yet, we are so quick to say, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow. And, and that really, you know, I was doing a Bible lesson the other day for, for my kids in school. That really is the ultimate picture of faith because tomorrow hasn't happened yet and we're already speaking existence to it. So here we're giving life to, to, to the tomorrow that we don't even see yet. That, that's a really good picture of faith. 
But, but what starts to happen is when people say, hey, trust God, we roll our eyes, we scoff, we laugh, and our first thought is, yeah, right, God's really going to come through for me, but yet we still have faith in tomorrow. We still have bigger faith in tomorrow than hearing someone say, trust God, he's going to work things out. And, and, and that happens to me. I, I, my mother, she, man, things will be going wrong, and she'll just look at me. As I'm 32 years old, and she, she will still say, honey, trust God. And it's like with that big smile, and internally you're like, trust God, honey, it's okay. But she's right. You know, she, she always has looked at the glass half full my whole life. And at times it's been frustrating, but she's right. Trust God. Walk in his presence. Walk in his promises. James 4, 13 through 15 says this. It'll come up on the screen in a, in a couple seconds. It says, listen, those of you who are boasting... Today or tomorrow, we'll go to another city and spend some time and go into business and make heaps of profit, but you don't have a clue what tomorrow may bring. For your fleeting life, but a warm breath of air that is visible in the cold for only a moment and then vanishes. Wow. <laughs> whenever, you're, whenever you're boasting or whenever you know, you're thinking too highly of yourself, just remember what the Bible says about you. Your fleeting life is only momentary. It's when we're going up to the glass, when, it, when it's cold out, we're breathing on the glass, we see what our breath makes in the fog, and we start drawing pictures in it. Middle schoolers are drawing hearts in it. I love yous and everything, and then it's gone. And that's what our life is like. And, and I'm, a, I'm a firm believer of that's why we really need to make every second while we're here count. Every person that we talk to count. I don't know about you guys. I can absolutely notice when I'm in a conversation with someone, I can know whether they're actually listening to me or not. They might be making contact with me, eye contact with me, but whether they're listening or not is a different story. Please make sure that because every second on this earth counts that you are listening to people because people need you. People know that there's Jesus inside of you. They need the life that is inside of you. They need the words that you need to speak to them. They need life. People outside these walls, they need life. They need us. And I'm not saying that in a boastful, boastful manner, but since Jesus is living inside of us, we are his hands and feet that need to go out to speak to the lost. It continues to say, verse 15, it says, Instead, you should say our tomorrows are in the Lord's hands, and if he is willing, we will live life to its fullest and then do this or that. So just remember, we're, we're, we're just a vapor here. We're just a vapor. Whatever we say, whatever we do, it's going to be a vapor. But again, when you speak life to someone, life breeds more life. So when you speak to someone about Jesus, it's everlasting. And it's generational. And it goes on and on and on. That's, that's the kingdom of God. So some of us may say, we'll see you tomorrow, we'll do this or that tomorrow, and again, we, we roll our eyes, we don't think God will come through for us. But don't you think that the one that rotates the earth on its axis will put a little piece of green paper in your pocket for you to get through the day? 
Don't you think the one that has pretty much just painted the landscapes with his fingertips in the beginning of time will find you a job? Don't you think the one that makes the sun and the moon come up and down depending on day or night, don't you think that he will find you a, a, a place of rest? a place to put your head? Don't you think he'll prepare a meal for you and and you won't go hungry? I mean, this is the God of all creation we're talking about. He's got you. He's got you. In Matthew, it talks about he takes takes care of the sparrows. How much more is he going to take care of, of us? We're his children. We're his children. It says we were made in his image, not dogs and cats and birds. We were made in his image. He's going to take care of us. Trust God. We have more faith in tomorrow than the one who made the tomorrow. So my challenge to you is next time you say, hey, let's do this tomorrow, let's do that tomorrow, just think, God's got me. Whatever tomorrow may bring, God's got me. God's got me. Point number two, I'm not an English teacher, But this is how you spell trust, obedience. Trust is spelled O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. There there was a story that my dad told me one time. This was definitely during a time that I got in trouble that I I had to obey, and he was teaching me a lesson. Uh, And I was sitting there listening to him, and he said, he said, Chris, you know, there, there was one time a father and a son, and they were walking in the woods, and the son was going off a little bit ahead of the father, and he shouldn't have been. Sounds familiar. And it's, and it's definitely spiritual because we, we go off away from God a lot, and we think, okay, God, thanks. Thanks, thanks for helping me out. I, I'm just going to, you're going a little too slow back there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head over here. And, and we get away from our father. And he was telling me that, the son was ready, ready to walk, and right before he was about to take a step, the father, the father yelled, stop, don't move, freeze. And the son froze. And he said, what's the matter, Dad? He said, do not move. And the father came and picked him up before he was going to step in a snake's nest. Now, the son could have turned around, stepped on the snake, and said, what do you mean, Dad? What do you mean? Why do I got to stop? He could have questioned his father. But the moral of that story was he obeyed his father because he knew his father's voice. He knew who his father was. He knew that his father was watching out for him. He knew that his father had his, the, the best intentions for his son. He knew that, that his father wouldn't just say, stop, stop moving to play a joke on him. You know, a lot of times people think, oh, God does this to me to show his glory. That, that's like saying that, that your, your earthly father is going to break your arm, and then because he's a doctor, he's going to show everybody that he can fix it. God doesn't work like that. God does not work like that. God allows things to happen, but he doesn't, he doesn't do that. He, he's, a, he's a better father than that. He's the best father. So next time you find yourself walking, and again, I, my mirror is right here. The next time I find myself walking ahead of the Lord or walking ahead of Jesus, I need, I need to check myself and make sure that either I'm walking behind him so he can protect me or walking with him side by side because we go through things together. He's with me. The word says, I'm with you to the end of the age. I'm with you. So again, before we take that next step, 
Make sure we're listening. Listen. And again, this, this little boy, he knew to stop because he knew his father. Well, how did, he, how did he know his father? He spent time with him. So really to trust is to obey, and to obey is really to know, and to know is to spend time with. My question is, are we in the word? Are we in worship? Are we, are we, are we filling our ears and our hearts and our minds with things that are, that are set above? Or do we just keep on walking through the woods, not really paying attention and being distracted? We got to know who our father is, and to know him is to spend time with him. I also read that, you know, so many times people say, God, you know, the hard thing is I, I, it's, really, it's really hard to trust God. And, you know, I know things aren't hard for God, but he's probably thinking, you know, the hard thing for me is trying to find people to trust me. I know it's hard for you guys. But you got to do it. You got to place your trust in me. Genesis chapter 22, I, I love this story. There's two things that I'm going to point out in the story. It's, it's going to be a little scripture reading. Uh, I'm going to go on for about 14 scriptures. Uh, so just bear with me. But uh, it'll come up on the screen for you. Starting in verse 1, chapter 22, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out to a place God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. That, I love that verse because two things point out to me in that verse. Number one, Abraham had so much trust in his father in heaven that he actually told the servants, we... Me and my son will come right back. Even though the story said God told him to sacrifice his son, he told the, the, the support, he told the, the guys that he was with, I'm going to be back with my son. He had so much trust in his heavenly father that Isaac would be walking back from him, with him. And, and the second thing about that scripture is, is it says we will worship there. And I was kind of looking over my notes yesterday, and that, and that just stuck out to me because really, when we trust God and when we obey God, we are actually worshiping God. That's part of our worship. Obedience is part of our worship. Trusting is part of our worship. And, and, and listen, I think, I think there's different, um, we are all in different uh, stages of life where your trust is different from my trust. See, my trust right now is getting up in the morning, doing my devotion, and literally turning my brain off and saying, I'm not worrying about that right now. That's my trust right now. It, it might not be your trust, but my trust is, you know what? I have so many things to do today in a certain amount of hours, but you know what? I'm going to meet with the Lord right now for 20 minutes, and then I'm going to shut my brain off, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to proactively not think about anything that I need to do right now. Sounds simple. To, maybe it sounds simple to you guys. It's, it, it, was, it was a mountain for me. But it's working because I'm getting that peace 
and that rest in the morning when everything is calm before the chaos. And even when the chaos does come, when I go to work, when there's things going going awry, I feel like, you know, you're you're in a tornado or you're in a storm and and because you have the peace of God on you and because you have, you are trusting in God and because you are obeying God, you are in the eye of the storm where everything is clear. All hell can be breaking out around you and you your your feet are firmly planted. And you're looking up and you see the heavens open up because it's clear. That's where we need to get. That's where I need to get. And we'll get there. We're all works in progress. But how glorious would it be to know that one that that you are consciously thinking to yourself, okay, man, this is this is a bad situation. This is a crazy, crazy circumstance. But God. I'm going to choose to trust you right now. I'm going to choose to obey you right now. And in that, God is looking down at you and saying, my son, my daughter, they're worshiping me right now. This is a form of worship for them right now. They're choosing to trust me. They could be thinking about anything else, but they're choosing to trust me. And God's going to get ready to do something awesome. It's in his nature. How can he not? He's, he's, he's a good father. Verse 6, it says, so Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders while he carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, we have the fire and the wood, the boy says, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for my burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. Again, Abraham had enough faith in God the Father that he would provide him with a sacrifice besides Isaac. And they both walked together. Verse 9, when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged it on the wood and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. So I can't imagine this. I don't have children, but I cannot imagine this, that Isaac's taking his promised son, bringing him up to the mountain, and having to raise his knife. I mean, he's going through with this. But I think in the back of Abraham's mind, God is still going to come through. God is still going to come through. He is so faithful to come through. I am trusting and I'm obeying, but he's going to come through for me. Do, uh, all of a sudden, the Lord called from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Do not lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by his horns in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. The, the, question, the question that I have is, how much are we willing to sacrifice in order to obey the Lord? How much are we willing to give up in order to obey the Lord? Are we willing to lose our friend group? Are we willing to lose some friends? Are we willing to, to um, have awkward family dinners because maybe there's, there's some division in your family because you're, you want to serve the Lord and your other family members, maybe they just don't get it. Is it worth it? Maybe we have to leave a job. Maybe we have to stick up for ourselves and, and, and mention, mention something to our boss. I'm, I'm sure we are all in different realms and arenas with that. What's it going to take? 
for, for Abraham, he was ready to sacrifice his son. Sometimes the sacrifice is big for us, and it's painful. But when, when, you know, like in surgery, people can't get surgery and take a tumor out unless you get cut open, unless you go under the knife. It's painful sometimes. But again, Abraham obeyed because he knew his father. He spent time with his father. He knew his father's voice. Point number three is when we think things are falling apart, they might actually be falling into place. When we think things are falling apart, they might actually be falling into place. Now, I want you to fast forward a little bit. We have the story of Jesus. And from his, from the, his, his very birth, Jesus demonstrates the ultimate trust in his father. He leaves an infinite realm to be contained in, in time and space. He leaves a heavenly throne to come down into pretty much a, a, a hay basket, a trough. He leaves his heavenly robes to come down to people making fun of him, pulling his beard out, putting a crown of thorns on him. He was willingly stripped of his glory in order to walk among people that were dirty people that were were going through um, crazy situations, people that were in sin. Not only that, but the God who made man became man. And not only that, he became a child, helpless and dependent. I mean, talk about trust. I I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in heaven when when God was telling Jesus, yeah, this is kind of the plan that I have for you. And Jesus is like... are you sure about that? Because it sounds like things are falling apart and God's looking at him and saying, no, no, no. Things need to be this way because they're, you're actually going to make them fall into place. Because there's people down there that need you. And because life breeds life, you, your, your name is going to be everlasting. You're going to help glorify me. I need you to do this. Things are actually falling into place. Things are where they need to be right now. It was the most monumental transition in all of history, from being worshipped by the angels to having nothing. And then the final act that that Jesus demonstrates is by going to the cross. And even Jesus, in in his last moments on the cross, he said, Father, please, take this cup from me, but, but not my will be done, your will be done. The final act of, of obedience is Jesus going to the cross and saying, your will be done. We have to get to that point where maybe situations are breaking out around us, maybe circumstances that are unforeseen are are, are breaking out, and we need to get to that point where we're going, God, I can't finagle things any longer. I I can't tell white lies any longer. I can't tell people what they want to hear any longer. I need you to do something. I need you to come through for me. I cannot do anything else. It's in that moment that that God's going to pull a miracle because he knows that you're down on your knees and he's ready to work. Because faith is, is faith when you have nothing else to hold on to. Luke 26, 46. 
says, Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Then he took his final breath and and Jesus died. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I give my spirit. I looked up the word commit. It means to bind or to devote. So what actually happens when, when G, you know, in, in that verse, Jesus is saying, Father, I trust you. I'm about to give my life, but I trust you. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this, you know, we, down here on earth, we're, we're thinking, God, I don't know what's going on, the circumstances that are going to go on. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I trust you. I commit myself to you. I commit my ways to you. I bind myself to you. I devote myself to you to you because, again, you're the one that holds the tomorrows, not me. I can't finagle a tomorrow. I can't tell a white lie into tomorrow. I can't tell people what they want to hear into tomorrow. God's got my tomorrows. He's the author and the finisher. He's got me. I commit myself. I bind myself to you. I devote myself to you. When you devote yourself to someone, you're not your own anymore. God, take me. Use me. I told you my, my first phase is just getting up and, and, and starting to read for, for 20 minutes and, and proactively shutting my brain off. And then I have two questions. God, well, two, two statements that I, that I tell God. God, show me who you want me to talk to today and give me what you want me to say to them. That's it. Show me who, do you, who you want me to talk to and give me what... You want me to say, because at that, in those moments in the morning, I'm not my own. I'm totally committing myself, binding myself, devoting myself to, I'm not worrying. I'm going to walk forward in the promises of the Lord. Whatever happens, happens because I know my God. I know my father. I, I know his voice. But God, tell me who you want me to talk to. Give me the words to say. And you know what? I'm just going to keep walking. It's like in the Wizard of Oz where, where you see the yellow brick road. It's already mapped out. Yeah, you could walk off the paths and you could get apples thrown at you by the big trees and you could have the flying monkeys come at you, but the yellow brick road is already mapped out for you. God already has a road that is mapped out for you. It's, all you got to do is walk. You got to walk in faith. And that, that constant umbrella, that covering, that grace covering, that love covering, that mercy covering is going to follow you. And yeah, we, we might step off the path sometimes and those things might happen, but he is so loving where he just kind of extends his arm and says, no, I can't really have you do that. I know this might hurt a little bit because you want to go off and do your own thing, but I need you back here. I got better promises for you here. Trust me. Trust me. You know, I, I, I told you in the beginning that this, this, this is a hard thing for me. This is a hard thing. I'm a, I'm a type A. I like all my ducks in a row. You know, I, I don't want to have to think about things. I just, I just want to perform it, do it once, not have to think about it, and, and then forget about it. But, but God is showing me that things will always keep coming up in my life. And, and probably same with you. Things will always keep coming up. And, and I'm just reminded of the story where, where you know, we, we've been around this mountain long enough. Now it's time to go up. Now it's time to learn. 
Here you are finding yourself in the same situation, saying the same things. God, I promise I won't do this again. Just please get me out of this jam. Okay, I got you out of this jam because I love you, but, you know, it's time to go out now. Okay, yeah, but I found myself in the same situation again. God, can you please just get me out of it one more time? I'm pretty, pretty pleased. I won't do it again. Okay, Chris, uh, I'm, I'm going to do it one more time going to do it more time. When are you going to learn to trust me, to walk in my ways? And there's been some times in my life where it's at, where I've, I've been honest with the Lord and I've been honest with other people. I don't trust God. Well, why don't you trust God? Because I don't know the voice of my father. Because I'm not spending time with him. Because I'm not in his presence. Because I forgot what his voice is like because his voice is now meshed in with all the distractions and, and all the other things that I'm listening to and all the other voices that I'm entertaining. I can't, dis- I can't differentiate my father's voice from everything else. So that's where I get lost. And I have to come back to the basics. Crack open the Bible. Get the dust off. Open it up. Turn on worship music. Just... It sounds simplistic, but it works. Fundamentals. Go back to the fundamentals. And slowly and surely, you start to hear the Father's voice again. Because as you're inching closer to him, in James it says he's coming closer to you. I'm going to, at this point, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. To close out with with my fourth point and... um, this point was 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 kind of crazy, you know. We're we're using trust as as something that we do. Trust God, trust God, keep trusting God. And I think it's important to note that um, God is our trust. And what's interesting about that is, if you know what a trust is, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the definition of a trust. A trust is a three party fiduciary relationship in which the first party the truster or settler transfers a property upon the second party for the behalf of the third party, the beneficiary. I thought that was so cool. God is our trust. He's actually setting the rewards, the promises, everlasting life, glory through Jesus to us, the beneficiaries. God is our trust. He transfers all that he owns and all that he is through Jesus. And that's why we pray in Jesus' name because it's through him to us, the beneficiaries. We reap the reward for what he's bringing through Jesus. How cool is that? Second Corinthians 5.21 says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What an exchange. He made Jesus to be sin so that we can be righteous with God. Unbelievable exchange. God is our trust. So next time you go to worry, trust God. Next time you go to question, trust God. Next time when things are falling apart, trust God. Next time when you get bills in the mail, trust God. Next time you get a bad doctor's report, report, trust God. Because, again, he owns the tomorrow. 
Don't have faith in, to, in, in the tomorrow. Have faith in the one who makes the tomorrow, who owns the tomorrow. God is here. He's alive. He's well. And he wants the best for us. He's a loving, good father. And some of us might be in this room where, where you might be saying, well, pff, man, I, I've, I've messed up a couple times. That, you know, like, there's no way that I could just start trusting God. No, you can. You can. Make it a point right now. Just close your eyes and say, God, I trust you. I, I struggle trusting you. But, God, please help me to trust you more. I need to hear your voice. Some of us are in this room right now and, and you're facing these circumstances. You're facing these health reports. You're facing these, you know, uh, 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 foreclosure notices. You're, you're, you're facing things that, man, I didn't see this coming. And, and you're, you're entertaining the voices that are around you. And you're not hearing that one voice that's saying, trust me. Trust me, I see you. I see you. Don't, don't, don't you remember? I made you. Don't you remember? I know the hairs that are on your head. Don't you remember? I thought about you when I was making the world way before you were even here. That, that when I sent my son, Jesus, to die for you, you know what else? The last breath that he took, you were on his mind. You were. That's how important you are to me. Don't you think I got you? Don't listen to what's going on out there. Don't listen to the news. Don't listen to what people are telling you. Listen to me. Listen to my word. Read my word. I've given you my, this, this book, this guide, so that you can know me more. John 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Use the word. He's given us everything that we need. And again, like I said, my mirror is right here. I, I, I'm preaching to myself tonight. I, I can't, you know, at this point, after doing this message, I, I kind of can't wait till the next circumstance comes in because I, I want to see how I'm going to do. Like, I'm ready, God. And, and I know I'm going to miss it still. But now, now I have tools. I'm going right to the word. What, is your, what does your word say? What does your promises say? Oh, your promises are yes and amen. Okay. My dad's got me. My dad's got me. I have a wonderful, wonderful father. And there were, there were times that were growing up where, you know, whether it was money or, hey, can you drop my French horn off at the school for me? Can you do this? Can you do that? My dad, my dad came through. My dad always came through. Imagine how much more my heavenly father will come through for me. And, and, and I, didn't, I didn't believe that growing up. Because again, my mother would say, trust God. And I'd say, yeah, all right, trust God. But if my, if my earthly father never let me down, and he's always showed up with my French horn, and, he, and he's always helped me with things, and he's always given me a few extra dollars to go out on a Friday night, how much more is he going to help you through the real problems of life? He's got you. He loves you too much to let you go. He loves you too much for you to be succumbed to, the, to, the, to earthly pleasures, to earthly distractions. He loves you way too much. We all have a special plan and a purpose in here. He's not letting anyone in this room go. 
and if and if this is your first time here tonight, and I know I, I you know again I'm not Pastor Scott, but if you, if you leave these these four walls and you're like, man, I'm never going back there again, I guarantee you, you will hear the name of Jesus again because He's after your heart. He's after you. He's got you. He's got you. So with every every eye closed, every head bowed, we're just gonna we're just gonna pray together. Father God, we, we, we thank you so much that we can trust you, that you are, you are our trust. But Lord, there's some of us in this room right now that, that, that don't know how to trust you, that have trouble trusting you. So Lord, I pray, God, I, I, I just pray a simple prayer tonight. I pray that there's a Bible in, in the room. I pray that that Bible gets, gets um, opened up. I pray that the words stand out on the pages. And I pray that, that you will communicate something to our hearts tonight, Father. And if not tonight, then tomorrow. Lord, I just pray that you will speak to us in the name of Jesus. That we will trust you more and more and more. And we thank you for being our trust, that we are the beneficiaries of everything that you have done for us. Everlasting life, glory, love, peace, patience, kindness, mercy. We love you, Lord. We love you tonight. Help us to trust you more. We thank you that you will never let us down. We thank you that you will never leave us or forsake us. That you are with us to the end of the age. We give you the praise tonight. We give you the glory tonight. Let us worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.